What's happening, friends? Welcome to Unlocked. It is episode 382 already of IGN's weekly Xbox show. Plenty to talk about this week. A couple of significant releases on Xbox. Actually, more than we have time to talk about. We're going to zero in on Anthem uh, out in its early uh, release form, if you're an EA subscriber, along with Crackdown 3, of course, the first major first-party game of the year for Microsoft, along with, uh, we'll talk about Bioware leaving the door open for Mass Effect to return, the positive effects of Game Pass for developers, and a whole lot more. Uh, stick with us here. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. I'm getting over a cold. Destin Legary, bam, not getting over a cold. <laughs> I wanted uh, to wish everybody a good day to start this show. I like that. Excellent. Brandon Tyrell, a little coffee. As a little stuffed up. Little, yeah, as yeah. well. And Miranda Sanchez, uh, allergy-ridden. Hello, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm very congested, and I may have to step away to go sneeze and blow my nose. So, so excuse me. Uh, I, I feel <laughs> great. I feel very bad for the rest of you. It's fine. Please stay away. I feel bad for our listeners <laughs> who have sorry. to listen to uh, the, the hacking. and it just, it's, it's that time of year. That just means we all have sexy, smoky voices today. Just yeah. remember, blow your nose. Don't sniffle. Right. Your nose. Gotta really get that important. stuff out. <laughs> your body wants out. gone. Yes. <laughs> All tips from Ruth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so if uh if any if any you know publishers out there or people if you need a, a VO for a, a movie trailer, we're in that we're in that <laughs> gravelly voiced uh you know in a world. Exactly. We'll call us up, we're available. In a time. All right, let's get right to it. I want to start with Anthem because okay. Anthem is Arguably the the highest profile release of 2019 so far in what is a packed February, uh, I think, of the five major releases that all happened this past weekend. Yeah, I think Anthem's the, the headliner, certainly, whether it, it's actually turned out that way well, remains to be seen. Let's run it down real quick. Yeah. It was Crackdown 3. Yes. Jump Force. Yep. Park, Metro right. Exodus. Metro Exodus. Which actually reviewed very well on IGN. It did, yeah. Uh, Far Cry New Dawn and yes. then Anthem. Yeah, so those five that's games. That's it. Those are some. Yeah, I mean that's quite a lineup. You know, Apex Legends in there somewhere. Just a normal. Well, that came out already. Yeah. Just a normal Friday. As far as yeah, th- yeah. that was out before. Okay, before last Friday. But yes, big February release. It's also worth sure. noting that Anthem's launch is a little weird because this is specifically referring to the the PC players who have Origin Access Premiere. Right. Yeah. Consult so your spreadsheets. Right. If you have that tier, then you have the full game. But if you have an that. Xbox One, you have EA Access, you get 10 hours this week. There's that's a handy dandy for- eight-point chart that will guide yeah, you through the launch. That chart and that staggered release is abysmal. Don't ever do that again, EA Origin. Or anyone else. Anybody, it's awful. Um, and yeah. and, what, and what it's, what's interesting about this is, is the three of you have played this game extensively. Which one? Uh, Anthem. Yes. I have not, so I'm, I'm going to kind of just steer the conversation. I do want to play, but after hearing you guys talk about it and seeing you tweet about it over the weekend, I'm actually glad I haven't played yet. Mm-hmm. And I was so, like, Destin, you in particular, you're our, you're like our shared world shooter aficionado. You're okay. our expert. You play. <laughs> I like that. You okay. do. Take it. You know, thousands of hours in Destiny, you've played a bunch of The Division, you've been Mm -hmm. so psyched for Anthem, Yeah, uh, and you had uh, just an unfortunate experience with regard Mm -hmm. to the the technical side of the game uh, that that needs to be addressed, and Mm -hmm. is being addressed by Bioware, but yeah, yeah, so just cover that a little bit, but what did you think of the game? Because the demo only gave us, we jumped in at level 10, like right, just somewhere Mm -hmm. in the middle of the game. How's the story? Like, that's what mm-hmm. I want to know as a Bioware fan, Mass Effect fan, KOTOR. Mm-hmm. How's the story? How is this as a Bioware game as opposed to, you know, a, an, an online shared world shooter? 
So I'm going to start with a lot of critical thoughts here at the top of the show with the with a preface that I'm still playing it and I'm still going to continue to play it. I think I'm just a sucker for games with a lot of potential and I see a lot of potential here. But now let's get into the, the critical. I feel like the entirety of the Anthem experience is a really disjointed sort of oddly constructed together narrative gameplay mesh. Yeah. Parts of it work really, really well. I think the storytelling has its moments of brightness, but it has a lot of convoluted similar mechanics that you mm. continually revisit mm-hmm. to the point where they start making fun of themselves within the gameplay that ties in. Now, the overall story told, at first I didn't really get into it, at about the midpoint of the game, yeah. the midpoint I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, yep. I'm on board. And then after that, I saw it through the conclusion, but it took a long time for me to realize what was happening. Slow burn. So they, th- they didn't set it up well. Yeah, the hard part with that is I think what helped me get into it was yeah. because I started reading those uh, Cortex entry items. Mm-hmm. I read everything. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. So that actually helped me ease into it also because I really like the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe more than some of the characters in Andromeda, like instantly infectious personalities that I just mm-hmm. wanted to get to know and hang around and date, but you can't. Yeah. very angry. As there like, were... What? There There were a few times. There's some very flirty moments. I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. Bioware? What are you doing? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't have allergies. It's fine. (laughs) It's very fired up now. Um, No, it was really surprising to see that. And from where I'm at, like, I know I'm way earlier on than you guys um, because I got sick. Couldn't play. Um, But it feels like this was designed first as, like, a solo campaign. Mm -hmm. Like, everything tells me, like, hey, this is a story idea they wanted to run with. And they try to figure out how to make it multiplayer, and it feels disjointed in that yeah. a lot. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Can I ask real quick, Miranda? Yeah. Were you when you the time you did play? Were you playing by yourself, or were you were you in a, a group? So I played alone with random people always. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I did the exact thing. And let's talk about why that experience is like that. It's because your friends, like Miranda, you're at a different point than I am, and it's really difficult for us to play together because I want to experience all the story beats. And I did every single yeah. story thing available, mm-hmm. basically in the game. Same. Every single story thing took me about twenty five hours. I've heard people completing main campaign in twelve hours. But, oh, wow. but I, so I did everything. I wonder if that's yeah, – I know there's a bonus for getting XP mm-hmm. uh, when you play together with friends. And the, I did the exact same thing as Miranda. I, I played solo the entire time. And the way that it works is you are always matchmaked into everything that you do. Unless you change your privacy settings and you can play alone if you'd like. Which mm-hmm. I don't recommend don't, except yeah, for free play. Yeah, except for free play. But you can play alone um, because the, the ga- campaign. The game is balanced for four players. And the way that I saw it was uh, when you do this story stuff, um, you're not ever forced to move through it uh, at the pace of other players. Mm-hmm. But when you get into the gameplay section, it's just like having three other javelins with you. I, I considered them basically NPCs. Right. <laughs> we never we never talked. We never engaged. Every once in a while, we'd wave emote or so throw no, flares. Nobody can trigger a story thing that interrupts what you're doing. Or no. So what happens? He's so tight. So what happens is it when everyone goes in uh, to the cutscene. And correct me if I'm wrong, um, because I, I actually wanted to watch all the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. If you decided to skip the cutscene. Um, oh, I can confirm this. Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and I can you, so you basically it. jump into the gameplay aspect while everyone else is watching the cutscene. Mm-hmm. So uh, you could start early, but you don't pull everyone else okay, with you. Okay, good. I can confirm that because there was a point where I literally missed out on a pivotal cutscene. I, I hit a loading screen, and I probably sat there for 
five to seven minutes. And I'm like, all right, I got to kill the client and relaunch the game, which I had to do several times during my gameplay experience because of audio drops. Mm -hmm. I think I had off the top of my head, I can think of seven instances where the audio cut out completely. And the only way to fix that is to quit the game and restart. And I guess just real quick mm -hmm. to just set uh, a ground rule here. Yeah. You guys were all playing on PC you had in to. this you, case. You right? That's the only way you could play there, the whole game. There so. was an Xbox 10-hour thing right. available, right. so a lot of Xbox players were playing. But mm-hmm. the two of you finished the, the campaign. On PC. I did, yes. Yeah. So that's, you, you couldn't do that in 10 hours on Try Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yes. I, don't think there, I don't think there's any way you could finish the right. main story in 10 hours. So you got to wait for the proper Xbox release before, before yeah. Xbox can... Yeah. actually finish the campaign but right, I, thank you i saw your tweet that you were getting a bunch of audio drops and it was essentially the same issue we were having when we went up to edmonton uh when we were capturing all those times we'd have to stop capturing you were having it right because my audio would drop at the beginning yeah. of a stronghold or something mm-hmm. um and i saw your tweet uh and i was like that's weird i haven't i hadn't experienced that at all mm-hmm. until last night i experienced it once running the it just cuts completely one, right? running the uh the tyrant uh hive tyrant tyrant mine tyrant mine tyrant mine stronghold um and i was playing with a colossus uh, on my team i was a storm always ranger for life Sorry, hundred percent storm. <laughs> if you're not a storm, I like the storm most. But everyone else on the wiki's team's playing storm, so I was like, "Fine, I'll play ranger." <laughs> Stor- uh, Storm's real good. But I, I was running it with two col- colossi, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so uh, then I got the audio drop right at the beginning of the the stronghold. So I'm wondering if it's something about one of the sound effects tied to the colossus. I ran ranger, dude, and I got it consistent. So, all right, interesting. So let's get out of the the muck on that. So. Sure. Technical issues. I know loading times were a big thing talked about. Yeah. Again, this is on PC. We, uh, you know, uh, we'll see how the final Xbox release is. Yeah. And, and hey. I didn't. I didn't say this on air. I mentioned it off air to you, but I, I did miss out on a pivotal cutscene with the loading. I guess I kind of did mention it, but a pivotal cutscene. Yeah. I was very upset about this. And uh, the final cutscene, my character was invisible. No. So, Two of the main story beats were bugged, but they they did say they're working on that for Friday. There's a lot. There's a big uh, day one patch kind Mm -hmm. of thing coming out. Um, Hopefully PC gets it sooner than later just because, you know, Mm -hmm. day one's kind of already hit technically in a weird way. Yeah, you can purchase, you can, you can play the whole game legally on on PC. So yeah, it's, I just, I feel bad for you that you've been so excited for this game Mm -hmm. and that you're. First experience that you can you can never have the first experience again. Mm-hmm. The first those fifty sig- hours, yeah, yeah. <laughs> had those uh, you know significant technical issues. So, you know, we we posted a story on IGN. Bioware detailed there there is a massive day, day one. one. Even though because you're right, yeah. Brandon, it's not really day, day one anymore. Light, but so. Yeah. so hopefully, the, a lot of this stuff is resolved for when it goes wide on Xbox on Friday. But yeah, I I personally am going to take a wait and see approach. I do want to play the game. I I probably mostly by myself. I'll just do mm. the thing where you like you guys were just jumping in with random match made people. You know, I it's a it's a brand new Bioware IP and I love their stuff. So, but yeah, everything you guys are saying is is just telling me. So just press pause right now and not don't play this yet. I would like to say the one place where I would like to jump in with friends is in free play because it's really. A shame when you come up against one of the big titans, which is like the biggest monsters you can kind of fight as that we know of so far in mm-hmm. Anthem, and you're alone and no one wants to come and help you fight it. So then you spend 20 minutes fighting it by yeah. yourself. It does I take like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and like you're just kind of trying to cheese it because you're not supposed to meant to, you're not right. meant to fight on your own. And if it dies uh, while you're down, you don't get loot right now. What? Yeah. Oh. If you finish strongholds and you're dead and 
loot drops. Yeah, it's bad. So, no, no, it's a problem. They're addressing it. It sounds like you guys do very much like the game, technical things aside. Based on everything we've said, I would say... Here we go. That's not oh, actually, well, that's 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 actually not what we've uh You we've said you're the healthy out. one. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's happening. It's All happening right. live on set. Cheers. Patient oh, zero, goodness. one, and two. Here, hi, patient three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I think we've been fairly critical of the game so far. But, Ryan, what you were getting at is, uh, yeah, I'm still going to play it. I still like the gear grind. I love the combo system. There's moments of fun and enjoyment to be had within Anthem. There's a lot of technical stuff that you have to be aware of. I am very glad I'm not doing this review because I don't think it's going to review well anywhere out because, of the release, because of these problems yeah. out of the well, game. Well, you were telling me mm-hmm. just, again, a thing that's like a, a ray of sunshine through this, you know, maybe dark <laughs> cloud that, that that will pass. They will. It's a question of how well, long, like they will, it will get better, but let me speak to that real quick. Yeah. I know you're going somewhere. Uh, over the weekend, there was an exploit discovered where if you uh, basically yes. hit level 30 and go into free play, once you similar to how destiny kind of did it, uh, you find random chests, not random. You find chests out in the world. Um, we'll and have a guide for it. we'll have a guide for it. Uh, so I went online yesterday and found just kind of like, Somebody had posted a short circuit to grab all these different chests, and apparently they dropped masterwork and legendaries. Uh, thanks, Destin. Yeah. Apparently, it's at quite- level thirty, uh, yeah, they dropped the best gear in the game, so you can literally just jump into a free play, run the circuit, exit, go back in, run the circuit, mm-hmm. and get the best stuff. And within eight hours, not even Bioware had patched it. So nice. That is the sort of level of response time you're looking at. And, you know, from everything we've been saying and everything they've told us, this game is built to be changed on the fly on the back end by pulling levers and turning dials. So I have all the utmost faith that all of this stuff is going to be addressed. Yeah, and you were telling me just the sensation of uh, like just flying over like a bunch of birds and yeah yeah, yeah. Like, so there there are comparing it to kind of avatar I there think. are moments yeah and i think in my like very, from a visual you know presentation kind of i think feeling. my first preview at e3 last year i said it is iron man meets avatar and that's exactly what we got like you you fly i mean i was playing on i have a i have a decent gaming pc at home um a lot to do, well, <laughs> it, is, it is nothing compared to your power rig <laughs> I, I assure you uh i think i'm using like a 1080 not even a ti just a 1080 um but I fly over a chasm and you look down and you see the waterfalls and then like this this flock of purple birds goes soaring over the tree line and this uh, like a, a a god ray of sun comes down and just sort of illuminates things and you're just like, man, this is a really pretty game. Yeah. But outside of that, uh, I kind of disagree with you. I think uh, I I really enjoy it. I think it is a good game so far. Um, mm. I I did not run into as many technical issues as you did, so I think that might have something to do with it. There were cutscenes where, like, the camera was too far back, so I was looking through my character's face. <laughs> I had that too, and I like see that's one of the things in the patch notes. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. good yeah. to know. I mean, I, I'll never unsee that. But, yeah, <laughs> right? Good to know. Uh, but you yeah. see, like, the back of his eyeballs and like his mouth oh. going like this. It was, it was scary. It is. It is a little one. scary. Uh, I will say though, like. I mean, I, I had a bunch of like interviews with like film industry people on on, another, on a separate screen that I was watching while I was playing. So the load times never really bothered me. Um, all this to say is like mileage may vary, right? Like yeah. I, I did not have the same technical burdens that, that you did. So my experience was much more positive. Yeah. Um, but I am at the end of the game now and I am starting to feel I've done all the strongholds. I've done all the legendary contracts and I'm not even level 30 yet. Uh, so it's just more of that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and while I enjoy it and I find it very fun and that gear chase really fun, I am going to see fatigue setting in pretty quickly. And, and again, we, we don't know how many of what we don't know quite what the technical picture of this game will look like on Xbox on Friday. Yeah, for me, I only ha- I only got stuck in the launch bay. You're on Xbox, right? I get out. No. Uh oh, yeah. PC. Sorry. You had, you had to, yeah. I think so, the One X is going to look really good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we will we'll have a review in progress. Obviously, this is an evolving situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, posting very soon on, I'd, probably by the time you see or hear this podcast. Uh, so, that'll, that will cover the PC version, and then that will be updated, and, mm. and uh, you know, we'll just keep adding to it and bringing and eventually finalizing it over the course of the, probably the next week or so that'll cover. Xbox and of course PS4 as well. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah. you know, it, uh, it's I'm, glad to. Ha- it's great to have Anthem out there and yeah. something new. I mean, we've been covering yeah. it for so many years, and even in this last year, it was really intensive because we did a lot of like exclusive coverage and behind the scenes, and like we've we've seen all this stuff in various different pieces, and it's so so cool to finally see it all come together. Mm-hmm. And I will say that after you finish the main story and all that, there's some really cool things that are teased. Um, oh yeah. There's some really, really, really cool things that are teased showing like what they have coming up. So um, I'm, I'm, con- I am, I'm on board. I'm convinced that Bioware know what they're doing as far as the directions they want to take the story. And they're very cool. And a lot of characters that are like were left unanswered, right? Mm-hmm. So the first free drop is uh, March. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. Yep. Coming Next right month. up. And Next now month. we got a thing for Apex Legends. So. And I think nice. that's what Anthem's going to be is you play it for 50, 60 hours, really enjoy it. And you're like, okay, cool. That was really fun. Uh, if, if that's your opinion. Um, and then next month you dive back in for another 12 hours. And the month after that, you dive in for another eight hours, and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. All right. Crackdown 3, the other big, you know, really the, the other notable Xbox release that I want to zero in on. Um, what, so what game is this? Yeah, the first party <laughs> thing. Mike, this publisher called Microsoft. My, yeah, Microsoft Studios. It, it, yeah, I've, heard, I've uh, heard, of heard of them. Yeah, so Crackdown Three. Uh, you know, we had previewed it uh, two or three weeks ago. Yeah, and you know, guy Destin and I. That was that was us. We you know we got a taste for both the wrecking zone and and the campaign. And um, Brandon, you handled the final review and did a great job on Thank uh, you. really just just chewing into that game as far as just making sure you looked at every nook and cranny and and yeah you know it it uh i mean let's just call it 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 turned out as the score reflects you you found it to be a a mediocre game yeah overall not a bad game what not a bad game oh but not a good game either what destin over there playing my twitter feed all (laughs) weekend long Uh, yeah and 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 to be clear you know of course most people that saw your review or tweeted at you you know it's Said, hey, yep, yeah, kind of sounds yeah. about right. You know, there, there was a lot of support. And and what I will say is a lot of people did come out and say, yeah, that sounds about right. Or, yeah, that's that's what we kind of expected. Uh, there was a there was a large contingent that was very upset that, that because they're having a lot of fun with it. But there was an even uh, – there was a, a healthy contingent that came out and said, yeah, it is a mediocre game. I'm still enjoying it. Yeah. Which is yeah. 100% good. Before we kind of get into that topic, because I do want to get into that topic and sort of the difference between trying Bless to Bless you. call a mediocre game a, gr- a legitimately great game and, and just acknowledging a game's mediocre and still en- being able to allow yourself to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Tell, just tell us about both sides of the game, just critically. Like, what, sure. How did you find you know, this final? We've been waiting for this game for so long. What? How is Crackdown 3 to play through? Cool. Well, Crackdown 3 is a tale of 
two separate games, really. Yeah. Uh, you have the campaign, um, which is, if you're watching the video, it's what you're, what you're seeing right now. Um, essentially, it f- sort of lands you on this giant island called New Providence, um, and it is – let's see. You all right over there? Um, She's it, hanging tough. It's yeah. allergy season. Uh, it is the island fortress of Terra Nova, which is the uh, main sort of antagonist in the game. Uh, it's this company – that is just doing generically bad things, um, and you are sent in to stop them. So the entire game revolves around really jumping into these different outposts, uh, destroying the outposts, gaining intel about the boss, and then confronting a boss. Which will sound familiar if you've played Crackdown 1. Yep, pretty much. Um, I found it to be very middle of the road. It, yeah. It is not bad. No. Not bad by any stretch. It's not good in my opinion by any yeah. stretch um the my my biggest problem is that the game never evolves once you what this crazy part is is like once you finish the tutorial you have seen effectively minus the boss fights uh and some of the more dynamic f- fights you've seen effectively everything that you're going to be doing for the next eight to 12 hours to beat the campaign right. but now of course of course you do collect the orbs you get stronger you get you can Jump so, higher, you, you know, you do, you do progress. So the, the one changing element is you, the player character. Um, and that was another sort of problem that I had as well. It, there is this sort of compulsive satisfaction in finding these orbs and, and uh, going around completing, uh, you know, checklist style activities, whether it be foot races or car races or road races or stunt jumps or, um, you know, finding those agility orbs. Uh, it doesn't really matter. There's a satisfaction in that if you you know if like I said in the review if your brain is wired like mine you really really enjoy just like checking something off a list I find satisfaction in that yeah and I really did enjoy that to a degree but it doesn't it doesn't change fundamentally and it doesn't really change the experience outside of that which is the way that I interact with Crackdown Three while checking these things off is running around and jumping or holding left trigger to lock onto an enemy and holding right trigger to shoot until it's dead. Yes, you can melee punch and you can ground pound and all that stuff. And you, you can double jump and triple dash and, or triple dash, or double dash and triple jump. <laughs> One of Some the, combination of that. Um, as you accrue more power. But like it, no, it never fundamentally changes. And that's fine. If, if you enjoy that and, and you can sort of turn your brain off and just find enjoyment and satisfaction in that, right. there is mindless satisfaction sort to of be had. Sort of sandbox. Right. But by and large – it just it isn't engaging or compelling enough to really make it a good experience. So the story's not super great either. It's fine. Is is it that thing where because the sense I got just it's tell, a definition of fine. But dude. is so Terry Crews featured prominently in the opening cutscene, right? Do you not see him again until the final cutscene? So that that's what was really disappointing because I am a huge Terry Crews fan. Like huge, Who is it? The guy's, huge he's Terry one Crews of the fan. most awesome, Absolutely. talented entertainers. He can do on the no wrong uh, entertainment wise. Um, so yeah, I was really disappointed to find that you know after uh, Terry Crews had been injected into the marketing, and then we found out he was going to be a playable character, Commander Jackson, in the game. Uh, he is used to full effect in the opening cutscene where he does his his little Terry Crews yeah. dance and, and gets really energetic, and, uh, and you're like, yeah, all right, yeah, let's do this. And then you find out that the sort of extent of his involvement afterwards is his face as an optional character skin for one of your agents. Yep. Uh, and then some canned dialogue that all agents have. So really, after that first cutscene, 
he's just a skin. Like there's right. there's never any more of that Terry Crews personality. Like you him doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. And if you pick a different agent, which there are like twenty some odd other agents to choose from, uh, if you pick a different agent, like it's he's even more effectively removed, which was super disappointing because I felt really you wanted more Terry. I wanted more Terry, but what it felt like is. Microsoft was looking for a way to make Crackdown more accessible and or marketable or marketable and, uh, you know, brought on Terry Crews, paid him a bunch of money to be in this game um, to get that sort of high profile celebrity sure. attached to this game. But at the end of the day, it doesn't translate to much in the game. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, so that's that's sort of the long and the short of campaign. It is fine. It is mediocre. It is middle of the road. If you find enjoyment in that, then I am genuinely happy. For Absolutely. Um, hey, I, you got the co-op. You, I know you were telling me about some, uh, like a, a, a dad that tweeted you that it, it was like co-oping with his son with and his having son. a great time. And he's like, hey, I uh, disagree with your review. I'm really enjoying this. And, I, and I, I very much am happy that anyone who can find enjoyment in something like that's what video games are for. That's why we play them. We don't play them to be bored or we don't play them to be you know anything other than just because we enjoy playing well, them. before we talk more about that now just right. give so, the overview so let's on go to wrecking the, zone. let's go to the wrecking zone um the wrecking zone is just more a little more clear cut here it's straight up bad um wrecking zone very much feels like a technical demo uh that they threw into a game or rather had to build a game around to support it um it feels like the best they could do with the technology um i know the sort of Cloud Gins and, and Dave Jones technology to uh, you, know, you know to to create this dynamic dramatic destruction and um, was was really touted early on and on a large scale and then as the years went on they sort of pared back the involvement of it in the overall game right um, to the point where now you have the most bare bones multiplayer suite three I've maps played two in modes a long right? time two modes oh. essentially kill confirm from Call of Duty right kill somebody go pick up their badge which works well because the the whole idea of crackdown is movement, right? Uh, so it works well that rather than just killing someone, you need to kill them and then get there. Um, yeah, yeah, that that a was lot a smart decision to do it. You should be hopefully enjoying it. Yeah, the the other mode is territories, which is essentially king of the hill, but there are two two zones. Yeah, um, which I don't need to explain. The problem is is the gameplay is wholly uninteresting. Uh, you hold left trigger to lock on to enemy players. And then the entire uh, the entire sort of dance of staying alive versus killing someone is to just sort of like try to break line of sight. Yes. And that's where that destruction comes in, where you destroy buildings and, and bring the whole thing crumbling down, which is cool at first. Once you see it, once you see like skyscrapers begin to break apart and, begin, and, and start to rain down, uh, that's really cool. Or I would shoot out the ankles of a giant statue and then it would – collapse and sort of topple with sort of real world weight and physics behind them you know and that is cool to see as well it's not applied to this multiplayer yes you can blow through walls to gain a new line of sight that is fine like it's upsetting to see what disappointed me the most is that this technology is so cool and it was it was used to such limited effect in this multiplayer. Um, the multiplayer is not engaging it's not fun there is no progression system whatsoever. Oh. There's no party system whatsoever. Right. So basically, you get kicked to the menu. After basically, the game, right? you you select what mode you want to play. You go into a matchmaking screen. You get into a game with nine, nine other random people. You play your game, 
And then once it's over, you're kicked back out to that main menu again and you have to matchmake again. Which is which is that's literally what it was like pre Halo Two. Before Halo Two, yeah. So there's this whole idea of this multiplayer's destruction and huge scale and scope. But what it boils down to is jumping around and locking onto enemies you know and and outside the love of doing that which is hard because after you've done it for two rounds you've kind of seen all there is to it there's no there's there's no progression or there's no reason there's no incentive to keep doing this you can't even play with your friends even if your incentive is just to have a good time with your friends yeah i uh at the preview event they they started us in multiplayer and we spent over an hour yeah, playing multiplayer, which is, which and, is and probably I, too long. And I was looking around. I was, I, I knew. I was like, I was done. This is like, this is not a thing that I need to play for more than twenty minutes. That's the thing is like, as as the reviewer, I I played a bunch. Of course, um, you have to. So before anyone jumps on me, know that I played a lot of Wrecking Zone. Yeah. Um, after the first two rounds, I was like, cool. I'm I don't need to play this anymore. Of course, I I did. I continued to play it for many hours, um, which you know was was not the best time uh but it, it's just once you've once you've played a couple rounds you've seen it literally seen it all yeah there are nine there are nine different weapons you can choose from there are two different gadgets you can choose from but one of them is a a vertical launcher and if you're watching the video you can see how vertical you already are without the gadget that you throw down to like boost yourself into the air so it really kind of removes the need for that i don't know why you would go with anything other than the overshield it, it's just it, it's so yeah. It's so, such, such a poor experience. So you, you ended up – you reviewed them separately because we got them separately. We got campaign first. But the, the overall yeah. score, uh, you gave the, the whole package a 5.0, yep. which is – Mediocre. Mediocre by the IGN definition. It is not bad. Yeah. It's also not good. It's just a score but it's we also mediocre. give very rarely so I can understand sometimes the shock of seeing it. Um, yeah. Well, the, the the problem is I give a lot of Destiny content a mediocre score. The problem is, is there's this idea that the scale runs from like a six to a ten, right? Right. Because or people think it does, or people think it does. Um, <laughs> well, but he, part well, of that, here, here's why is because yeah. as a video game site like IGN, there are dozens of games reviewed every week or uh, released every week. We can't we, review them. We all. can't possibly review them all. So what do we do? How do we? What, what are the criteria we decide we use to decide what game to review? The size of it, the interest of it, yes. Um, how you know the interest of the audience, particularly exactly, and whether or not we want to review them. Like no one wants to review an like a, a shovelware. Cabela's Duck I've Hunter review thirty seven. Yeah, like when you first get on, you're like Dan's. I like, hear here review this. It's just like why? Well, even now, but like look at look it's, at it's good to like know those things. Yeah, but it's not what we're going to prioritize reviewing when we right. can review something that's you know. Well, look at look at last Friday. There were five games that came out yeah. all of, of, them, of significance of significance five big games that came out there's no way in the world we're going to review anything else you know we just we right. possibly can't we can't possibly do it right which is why when you get those big scope games those are the ones we select to review by and large if if a company spends enough money on a game it's going to be at least decent usually you usually like decent yeah You'd hope, uh, which is why the majority of things that are reviewed, you see score in the sixes and sevens and eights. So when a large game like that comes out with enough interest behind it that we're like, okay, we need to review this, and it turns out not to be so good, people see a five or a six, and they're like, well, I don't understand why you're hating on it. I'm not hating. Yeah, it. it's it is important. There, there is a that is the reason why we put the word descriptors that go along with each number range on the review scale. Right. 
from mediocre to okay to yeah. good to great to amazing to masterpiece from five on up. Yeah. Uh, and then four is bad, and then it gets I, – I, I don't even know what the bottom of it is because yeah. uh, those we go to so rarely for yeah. the reasons you talk about. It's but, like awful, terrible disaster. Yeah, but like it, and that's and, and it's important to look at the word like that. That word does matter. And we put it right in the review box prominently for and not, a reason. Not only that, but there are descriptions that go along with each of those numeric and adjectives. Um, yeah. So like a 5.0 is mediocre. But if you read the text, it says does some things right, but yeah. is pretty forgettable, which is what I feel Crackdown Three. Yeah, and I think that's you know we come back like I, the, the game I thought back to because you know again the the silent majority is right there with you. They think you know they might have tried it on Game Pass, maybe they bought it, or you know they've they've been seeing all the coverage and seeing what the game's been looking like up until now, and people say, oh yeah, okay, yeah. That's too bad. This one didn't turn out. Maybe I'll check it out on Game sure. Pass. But there, you know, the, there's this the vocal contingent that that comes out and and just starts attacking you on social media for because well they love the it's a great game and it's well it's 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 just like Crackdown One and that was a great game so therefore this is a great game and yeah. this that this that and the other thing and and it's like hold on I heard a lot of it's the best Crackdown ever it's just Crackdown One but prettier. Right. So it accomplished what it set out to do. Therefore, it should get a great score. It's like, well, if I set out to make an iPhone game that just uh, if I touch the screen, it turns uh, it turns the screen red Mm. and I successfully do that. Well done. Does that mean it gets a 10 out of 10? No, because it's not fun. Yeah, it's terrible. No one wants that. I mean, Uh, again, like this review. Yes, this review is the official opinion of IGN. This is this is the site's review of it. But it is just an opinion. Absolutely. You do not have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with IGN. And I urge you to go out and look at other sites as well. I mean, that's what you should always be doing, I think. Yes, like, as exactly. Much as, yes, please do your reviews. Thank you. Um, but also, yeah, inform yourself on other opinions. Like, I personally like finding my favorite thing and reading the worst reviews because it's really interesting to see, like, what people yeah. didn't like about something that I loved and learning from it. It's like, oh, yeah, that like, I, I've had some critical conversations about, like, my favorite things of all time. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good point. Like this thing, I didn't really see because I just didn't see it from that perspective, right. now, and it's just really good to learn from that. Yeah. It's not like it hurts me. And you will that, find that now, thing is not me on this but, topic. You know, you will find that the critical consensus there, the, the, there was a general critical consensus on Crackdown. Yeah, I think, as, I think as right now, mediocre right. game. I think Metacritic started at just above a six and now is just below a six. Right, it's five. So. You're right in the range if that means anything to you, which it, it shouldn't because, you know, doesn't if everybody always reviews right to a Metacritic average, what is the point of reviews? It's yeah. OK. And, and what I want to come back to is that it's it's OK to acknowledge the flaws in a game or that a game <laughs> might be mediocre. It's OK to acknowledge those things while still enjoying it. Yeah. The, the example, the Xbox example, the, the direct apples to apples comparison I want to make is to rise, Son of Rome. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that game, that was a launch title. I was pretty excited for it. I mean, it was visually, it was just like, wow, this is a next generation game. This looks amazing. I played through the entire game. I loved the story. I loved Marius as a character. Um, I loved a lot of the bits of it. But yeah, it was a repetitive game. It needed a lot more combat depth. And yeah, I think IGN gave it a... I want to say around a five or a six. I think it might have even been Brian Albert, if I remember correctly, reviewing that one. Um, and yeah, like that's, it, that's, I totally see that. Like, yeah, I enjoyed, I 
carry good memories of Rise with sure. me. But yeah, it was a flawed game. And I feel like the community in general <clears throat> accepted that that was the sort of everybody was okay with that in 2013. Like, yep, yeah, Ro, yeah, Rise. Yeah, that was, boy, super pretty game, really neat stuff in it. Yeah, it was had some flaws. And, but I, I feel like we fast forward six years. Yeah. Or, well, five, really five years and change to, to now to Crackdown 3. And there's this, there's this bizarre undercurrent of people that just won't allow themselves, just won't accept critical opinion that it's got to be, it's got to be a great game and everybody else is wrong. And it's just, that's scary to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would argue the inverse is happening with Anthem right now. Everybody wants you to be only critical, and you're not allowed to like it. Yeah, that's so a good. I, that's a good counter. Which is weird because I actually enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's it's definitely an interesting time to be in right now. But I'll just say this: it's, um, it's not. just because Brandon has a critical opinion of Crackdown doesn't mean that it's going to affect well, my enjoyment of the game whatsoever. Let, let's not confuse critical with middling, right? Like, well, your review was you can a be critique. Well, criticism. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of criticism, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. you can yeah. have criticism of things that are good, but. Yeah. My middling opinion of the game is mm-hmm. different from the criticism of it. I mean, I meant to use the word in the form of uh, you critique the review professionally for, yeah. for IGN.com. Right. So your opinion isn't going to detract from my enjoyment of Crackdown 3 Nor and when it. I play it. And everyone's out for blood for Anthem. And we were very negative on the show just today about Anthem. But I'm still enjoying it and having a good mm-hmm. time. And, and I don't see a problem with that. And, and it's really concerning to me when I, I say this on this show and I can already see the comments in my head about how I'm paid off or how I'm corrupt in some way. I've never taken a bribe from anybody. Of well, of course. Yeah, I mean, but but still, there's people that truly it believe this is happening. The people that say that are not the people whose opinions you should value, though. I don't value And they're not the majority opinions. of the audience. Yeah. And I understand and respect our audience enough to know that. But, but it's important to say, hey, this isn't happening. Right. It's not. And I and, and I want to even saying that doesn't matter because yeah, I just by and by really win. Yeah, well by and large everyone knows that review sites are n- not paid off. Like first of all, the whole idea that publishers and gaming sites sort of have these secret backroom deals <laughs> where a big sack with a dollar sign is exchanged for a nine, uh that shit just doesn't happen, you know? Uh so when somebody comes up and says that, you know, reiterates that sort of narrative, I, immediately it just sets off a flag for me of like, I can't take you seriously. But mm-hmm. again, you're allowed to like things that are bad and you're allowed to dislike things that are good. Case in, things that are bad. Case in point, <laughs> I've never really enjoyed the Gear series. Just never got into it. Wasn't my thing. Couldn't really get into the world. Right. Um, I understand that by and large, most people enjoy it. And the converse of that is like my favorite movie of all time is Big Trouble in Little China, which is universally regarded as a very fine movie, you know, leaning slightly toward bad. (laughs) And that's fine. I don't care. I really enjoy it. So I appreciate all the people who came out in support saying, hey, I totally agree with you. I understand where people came out saying that, like, I totally disagree with you. Neither of those two camps really affects my opinion of the game. I did what I did. My my best piece of advice for people is to find some th- someone who has like the same – look at game reviewers as someone who has the same taste of music in you, yeah, as like, you. Yeah, like a, just a, a friend that you yeah. share a lot of 
yeah, pop culture interest. I used to use a metaphor of like, like sommeliers, right? It's like you have to find somebody with the same wine palette, though I don't think that really hits the demographic. So find somebody who likes the same kind of music with you. If, if you're really into rock, find a friend who's really into rock. And when they say, hey, I really like this new band, you know – there's a good chance I should listen to this. Yeah. 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 And I think I talked about this after we covered the, we went over the preview impressions after the preview event. You know, I, I talked about, I came on here and talked about how I'd had a line written in my preview and then I scrapped it about, uh, and we sort of had the conversation about it's a game pass game is like the 21st century version of it's a rental. And I feel like that you were making a good point to me this morning in the office, Brandon, about how that, has sort of uh, kind of muddied the waters in th- this topic specifically mm-hmm. of of what is the value of a game, you know? Because we specifically by design for this these kinds of reasons, and we've always done this. Uh, we don't, we don't yeah. financial like the price of a game because the price of a game changes. You know, we saw what was it two? Well, not even that, but like I have more money than I have time right now. So for me, right, the, and the equation's different for different people, right? Right, but but even you know, uh, we saw uh, was it a couple of falls ago, uh, and I know we got to move on to topics, but uh, the next topic, but you know, we saw a couple of falls ago, was it was it like Dishonored two or a couple of big titles that came out like in October, mm-hmm. and then they were half price a month later, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, we don't review them as. $60 games or is, oh, now it's $30. Right. Now the score goes up. And it's the same way here is, you know, it's not a Crackdown 3 is a $60 game or a Crackdown 3 is is part of your $10 a month Game Pass subscription. But that, right. you know, how you're coming at it can affect sort of, it's like the the whole thing of, oh, well, I'll watch that movie on a plane because there's, there's yeah. sort of, you have a, <laughs> you have a different expectation yeah. for it. So, yeah. you know, I think that's sort of, been part of this weird crackdown conversation. Well, it, 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 the fact that it's on Game Pass and Microsoft was running or is running a promotion where $2 for the first month. So effectively, you can play Crackdown 3 for $2 um, if you sign up to, to Game Pass. But this whole conversation came up because people have access to this game that you know otherwise they wouldn't otherwise have access to because no one's going to drop $60 for a game um, that they're not sure about. But if it's included with Game Pass, and I have Game Pass, which I think is one of probably the best deal in gaming right now. Absolutely. Um, you know, a lot more people have had access to it, and there's no sort of financial value there because they didn't have to spend money on it. So they're like, hey, I effectively am playing this for free because I'm a Game Pass subscriber, and it's not that bad. It's like, no, it's not that bad, but you're also taking the financial side of that coin right. into consideration where I don't think that's right. Because otherwise, every time a Steam sale came up, we'd have to re-review every game, you yeah. know? So, yeah, lots to chew. I mean, I, I don't mind spending 40 minutes of this show because the, these two, I mean, these are two of the most significant releases for Xbox gamers, probably f- for all of 2018, mm-hmm. 2019. You know, these are these are two biggies. So uh, happy to, I'm glad we spent a lot of time with those and the, yeah. glad the, I mean, the four of us have spent a lot of time with these two games. So looking for in-depth discussions about the process of making video games from the very people who actually make them, then IGN is happy to present Starburns Audio's upcoming podcast, Humans Who Make Games. Hosted by comedian and Adam Ruins Everything star Adam Conover, Humans Who Make Games offers insight into the origins of games like Spelunky, Binding of Isaac, and more from the people who made them. 
The first episode will be with Binding of Isaac developer Edmund McMillan. Stay tuned for more from humans who make games on IGN, and be sure to subscribe to the show's Apple Podcasts feed for new episodes as they debut. Uh, Let's do a couple of news items here. We're going to stay on the Bioware front here and talk about Mass Effect Destin, near and dear to your heart. So, uh, in an interview, I, I had missed this story, so I'm excited. Yeah, in an interview with Polygon, uh, Casey Hudson sat down and said that Mass Effect is quote very much alive. He says, "In my mind, it's very much alive. I'm thinking all the time about things that I think will be great. It's just a matter of getting back to it as soon as we can." And Mark Dara, who's executive producing both Anthem and Anthem, Dragon Age. Yeah says, we're definitely not done with Mass Effect. There's a lot of stories to be told. We could pull on the threads we put down with Andromeda. We could pull on threads from Mass Effect 3. There's a lot of interesting space to be explored. I saw um, Mike Gamble tweet, and he's like, well, duh. (laughs) Of course it's not dead, uh, which is always reassuring. Hey, uh, John, your your action bar is on the bottom of the B-roll right now. Oh, no. Anyway. (laughs) Uh, Playing video. (laughs) We use computers, but um, but yeah, I guess so. What do you guys, real you know, quick here, maybe like in five minutes? What do you want? How do you want to see Mass Effect come back? You know, we heard after not Dra- Andromeda after Mo- Dragon Age. So no, no, no how? So, so no, wait, where in the you know, how do you want this to go when the day comes? And and how do you think? When do first you think contact war? Thank you. All right, Destin, go. 100%. First contact war with the Turians, where the humans first encountered the Turians for the first time, going through the Mass Effect relay. So the Star Trek first contact. Yeah, going back, Mass essentially Effect. looking at some of the, the early weapons and learning how to interact with those different communities, sort of re-revealing the universe to everybody. Would the game end at the it. Citadel? Would that be the... The, the harvest way? of Mass Effect, if you will. So that took place way before the Citadel, but they could do some time-jumping mechanics. But I think that's the, the smartest entry of the series. I do not think they should revisit Andromeda. I, I, think, I don't think, I think they, they should. Yeah, there's a lot of things that just kind of ended there unexpectedly. Like, we're supposed to get the Koreans and Hanar. Like, they yeah. just never showed up. It's like, sorry, you guys, you guys are in a book now. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is fine. Books are great. Mm-hmm. But they weren't in the game, and that's very disappointing. Um, I do think that they could kind of just leave Andromeda where it was, and that'd be okay. Um, I would actually like to see other stories explored because I think that universe they've set up is just really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like how they designed their aliens and all these other um, cultures. And I would like to see more of that outside of what we already know. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that was really exciting for me with Andromeda and also Letdown because we didn't get to see as many as we thought we were going to mm-hmm. see. Um, but I would not I would also like a Blasto game. That's fine. <laughs> um, I think and- Andromeda was set f- 500 years? How long way, was it? Way after. after. Like, everybody's dead by right. the time Andromeda comes out. There's no, there's no Easter eggs or anything from Mass Effect 3, is there, Miranda? I don't what think do so. In, in Andromeda. Andromeda? Uh, yeah. There is? There's like a two, three tie-in thing. Oh, uh, okay. Hmm. I don't remember. There's like a whole storyline. Oh, yeah, there's audio logs, yeah, right? That's like, yeah, that's a huge thing. I remember, I remember, yeah. yeah. Um. What was your question? So you want to go back to the kind of the beginning, effectively, of Mass Effect as a multi-alien species inner space mm-hmm. travel kind of thing. You want to go back to effectively a, a prequel of sorts. Yeah, well, in addition, cool. you could go back even further to the first time that the the Reapers showed up before, and like there was the a original reset. Cycle? Yeah, because yeah. there's multiple Reaper cycles in the history, True. and, and we, how that failure happened. Would you be satisfied with that, though? Yeah, I mean, if they tell the story well enough, yeah. what what the challenge they have in front of them is if you had a Citadel uh, today 
with NPCs just standing around, just sort of awkwardly doing a shuffle. They they have that in Anthem, and, and it feels weird. And I, I'm just really curious to see how they would be able to adapt that sort of product to a modern day development cycle. Miranda, where are you taking it if you if you had the choice? Um, kind of what I hinted on is I like to do something new. I think there's a lot to do with the Mass Effect universe and I already love the characters and like the history they've already told and I kind of don't want them to touch on that. Like just let it be. Let that important moment stand. Where in the timeline sounds um, good to you? I don't know. Is just not me? related to anything that's been that's been done. Yeah. Like just keep going further away from what we already know and do something different with that universe. Yeah. I actually do like your idea of having a different Reaper cycle mm-hmm. um, just to kind of get to explore, again, more of that universe, but independent of what Shepard does. Um, I think that's what I want. I just want it to be very far from Shepard and the crew because for me, like that story is set, right? Like the story has yeah. been told. I don't want to see anything mm-hmm. else. I want Shepard to be done. I want all mm-hmm. of that and to be done. I'm, I'm with you. I think let's just whole new cast of characters, maybe depending on where in the timeline, potentially a cameo from a, from a, a Rex, maybe somebody beloved like, like references that. References or something. Yeah. Rex can survive that long, right? In canon. Like, um, like they live a long time. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. But books. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think I'm just wondering, trying to think the, the logistics of this through. So, Anthem is just now coming out. Mm-hmm. They're going to have a support team. That team, they're probably going to be working on that for quite a while. Whether that it means yeah. so. an is Anthem it? two or you know how how that sort of looks, and then you have the other team that we know of. To the best of our knowledge, Bioware Edmonton is two teams. Mm-hmm. The other being the Dragon Age team. We got a tease of that at the Game Awards, but. By all it's, accounts, that game is three, far away. Three years away. That is a next-gen game. So that means, realistically, uh, assuming Bioware keeps Ooh, Mass Effect internal. Mass Effect 2025. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking at it's going to be a long, long wait. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think the soonest, like I, the best case scenario I can think of for Edmonton developing a new Mass Effect game, not outsourcing it to Austin or, or just another studio. You know, they, they did that with Andromeda. It didn't go well. Hmm. Um, is unless, unless a lot of Anthem support rolls off to uh, Austin. Bioware Austin, who currently does, does they, they did help with An- Anthem. Yes, and they, they, uh, they also have built and sub- continue to support Star Wars The Old Republic. Mm-hmm. So, if if the bulk of it offloads to them and then maybe the Anthem team starts rolling on a new Mass Effect game and then maybe does that and then goes to Anthem 2 after. But I feel like they're going to stick with Anthem yeah, you're for a while. Di- you're like, divining stuff that like is just unknowable right, right now. Totally. And so the soonest oh, I can... Anthem and Dragon Age, yeah. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't think we'd even see a Mass Effect project get started until after Dragon Age comes out and then maybe it's that team. Yeah. I agree. I think Anthem is a enough of a game as a service, and they have. I mean, speaking with John Warner and Mark Dara, and even Casey Hudson and Mike Gamble, um, they have plans for that game for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, I'm not going to do the whole Activision ten years of Destiny thing, right, but they they have plans for the foreseeable future as you know. Those teasers at the end of the story, the uh, post launch content they've already announced. That game is around for a while. And I think it's going to be around in enough of a capacity to warrant its own team uh, to continue they, working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair, and and it's possible they might staff up a third team at Edmonton to build a Mass Effect game. That's a, that's an option as well. But it is also worth remembering that 
the uh, to the best of our knowledge, the the bulk of the sort of the core Mass Effect team right went Bless on him. to Anthem. Thank you. So they are, you know, if a new Mass Effect happens, it could be with different Bioware people, or if it would, if maybe the maybe those people roll off of Anthem and hand it off to other Bioware folks, and that and that core group does move on to Mass Effect. But either way, uh, I I bring this whole story up because while it's awesome to hear them say this. I think it's important to help set fans' expectations that, mm-hmm. again, reading the tea leaves as best we can, it's probably going to be a long, yeah. long time before we see another Mass Effect game. Which is, they could which also, is okay. Yeah. They, they could the, also just remake one, but make it like 150 nope. hours and tell better, tell more stories within that time uh, frame. Nah. Oh, they could rather, do like a Persona nah. remake. It, there's, nah. they, honestly, they, like they can't Golden, top Mass Effect 1. Honestly, I'd be okay with that because yeah. I love... I mean, you look at how Persona does it with like Persona Four and Four Golden. It yeah. like expands the story, refines things, and it's just like a cool. really neat experience to like relive that. I would love um, that. And I think they could. There's a lot of things they could fix within one to now, just for controls and. I mean, that's uh, true. But if, if you're going to invest, I that totally kind of, disagree. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I just think everything. I mean, totally valid opinions, right? I just, I just think everything that Bioware has done this point tells us that those guys are natural born storytellers that would never want to go and retread on the same ground. I think the best Mass Effect game that I can think of is whatever they're cooking up in their brains that'll come out in eight years, seven years, six years. But what if you get one in between? <laughs> why, though? Like, why would you want... Because I want to replay okay. it. All right, and that's I mean, totally like, fair. Counterpoint, totally Andromeda fair. story, okay. Anthem story, okay. Oh, I like Mass Anthem Effect story. 1 story, absolutely phenomenal. That's true. Top tier. Sure. And I, mean, I would love to see them flesh out more stories within that time frame. I'm kind of, I'm with you, Brandon, in that I think if significant time and resources were going to be put into a Mass Effect project, I'd rather have it be a new thing. Mm-hmm. However... And that's not saying you can't go back to the first era, right, right. of Mass yeah. Effect 1, but like, I, w- I don't want to see a remake, uh, I don't want to see Mass Effect 1.5, you know? Mass but, Effect 1 from Saren's perspective. Oh. <laughs> but hold on, if, I will say, there is, there is a little part of me that uh, you know, Mass Effect One, two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. If they remade Senior it, Crackdown came out. Resident Evil Two style, that's where it was. That's what I'm talking about. Gra- that, that sort of yeah. reinterprets parts yes. of it. Obviously, that's that tell- what we meant. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so that's yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's that could be interesting. But yeah, I, I knew it. New is good. I like the story. It was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. So there you go. All right, we got to get moving here. Mass Effect One again. Um, as a Mass man. Effect One. Again. Haven't you played it like forty <laughs> times? Why? As a man, uh, let me just do new game plus. We'll do uh, we'll do loot box next week, but I do want to do a trivia question since I wasn't here last week. Uh, We have Miranda and Destin tied at two, Brandon at one. Everybody's just right there. So, man, missed a couple weeks. uh, This should be a layup, I think, for everyone, but you never quite know. I got this. All right, Destin, I know you. You said before the show, you know this one as well. So, Miranda, pressure's on. Pressure's on. Uh, Mickey, whose gamer tag is Freddy Ain't Dead, asks, in Soul Calibur 2, so uh, turn back the clock here, each console version got a platform-specific bonus-exclusive character. Uh, Mishima from Tekken was on the PS2. L- the GameCube version got Link, famously. Hayachi. And man. who... Hayachi. Who got... Uh, <laughs> thank you. Who got... Uh, who did Xbox get? Was I it? mean, you and right. I both know this. We know. Swamp Thing, knows, so. Hellboy, The Darkness, 
or spawn? Can you guys go first? No. No, we know it. Oh, I know it. That's fine. That's cheating. I, I can know. tell you what. It's not cheating. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's I'm not sick. cheating. It's hey, collusion. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, do, you have, do you remember this one, Miranda? I absolutely do not. I All was right. so young when this came out. Um, I'll go with C. The darkness. All right. darkness. Let's All right. at the same time, Charlie Brandon. Three, Three, two, two one, one, spawn. spawn. It is, yeah. Be spawn. Yeah. I was like, there's there no go. way right. it's Spawn because yeah. there's that other well, fighting game joke about him in was it Mortal Kombat or something. Yes, oh, yeah. people want like, him. No in way. Yeah. Uh, um, bonus sorry. points. Do you remember the Swamp next thing Socal, was in Injustice Two? The Soul Calibur Three yeah. had the Star Wars characters. Uh-huh. Were those platform specific? I thought they Darth, were. Darth Vader, Vader was, was PlayStation. PlayStation. Yoda was Xbox. Xbox. And, and then, then Star Killer was, was everything. I think. Yeah, he he could be unlocked on both. Yeah. And I remember playing as as Yoda because I I've been in the Xbox ecosystem yeah, forever. Green Yoda, and I'd fight fight Vader's, and I'm like, this isn't fair because Vader <laughs> was so broken. Yeah, and then people were like, no, Yoda's broken. His hitbox is so tiny. Yeah. You can't please anyone. All right. Uh, if you have an Xbox trivia question you want to try and stump the panel with, send it to unlocked at IGN.com. I need, uh, <coughs> pardon me, four multiple choice answers. Note the correct one, and we'll play again next week as the Unlock Block Trivia Challenge rolls on for 2019. Uh, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I don't think I have anything to promote. If you're a baseball video game fan, uh, we're again, Xbox is never getting a sim baseball game don't ask anymore i've asked ea it ain't happening but if you happen to have a ps4 as well uh, i've got new videos up on mlb the show 19 the developers uh, ramon and steve came in did a couple different videos with them talking about this new stuff this year so yes i'm promoting playstation content on an xbox podcast how dare you well hey we're never going to get a baseball game that because uh, rbi I'm baseball sorry, doesn't count super mega baseball 2 would disagree an mlb licensed sim <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brandon. But you can kill the pitcher in that game. Um, wow, rude. Yeah, I accidentally did. I hit a line drive and killed the pitcher. So, no. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm <laughs> totally derailed. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Tyrell. Um, if you haven't seen the Crackdown review stuff, that's basically how I spent all my week last week um, and a little in the weekend prior. So uh, you have an overall review, you have a campaign review, and a multiplayer review. If you're interested, go check them out. Um, if you have Game Pass, check it out. Why not? If you you know if you are looking for some mindless enjoyment, check it out. Miranda. Oh, I'm Miranda. I still have a lot of allergies. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and other places at Havoc Rose, and that's Havoc with a K. Uh, right now, I am jumping between the Apex Legends wiki and the Anthem wiki, um, as well as some other featurey things. So I'm just going to try to live. And Miranda presented an award at the Crunchyroll Anime Awards this past weekend, so we're all very proud of her. Thank you. Absolutely. And jealous. That's a that's a career bucket list item right there. Yeah. That's great. It was, it was really neat. I had to prevent the award for best film, and we had some thoughts. That's it was a, really nice. That's a big award. To talk about it. Yeah, it was really great. So um, I think the VOD's probably up on Twitch. I'm not sure if Crunchyroll's updating, uploading that to their YouTube, but I did that as well this weekend. Fantastic. Awesome. Great job. Congrats. Thank you. Destin, take us home. Yeah, so uh, working on a lot of Anthem stuff for IGN. Some positive, some critical. But not the review. James Duggan is working on the review. Uh, follow me on Twitter. I normally don't do this call anymore, at Destin Legary, because next week I might be doing something really cool, and I'll be announcing it shortly, hopefully, if everything... You're not leaving out. IGN, are you? No, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> That's not what I'm announcing no. on Twitter, right? I can't handle another one today. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, of course, I do stream regularly over at twitch.tv slash the Destin channel. I got to get my shameless plug in. Yeah. Playing a lot of Anthem. Plug it. I and uh, Destiny is coming out in March. Thanks, Miranda. Good stuff. Yeah. Are you going to continue playing PC? Yes. Let's play together. All right. Let's do it. Cool. Me too. Uh, cool.
Yeah. In Miranda. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then we'll just Sorry, say right? neener, neener. Miranda, <laughs> when you yeah. get to a certain point, I want to play with you because I missed the cutscene. Okay. I really want to see I'll a cutscene. You know. Let me know what you yes. All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we will be back for 383. That'll be a palindrome. Yay. That's next week. We'll see you then. <laughs> That's a palindrome.